Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. OMG, I am so excited. Sarah is here. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah is our first hire and she's been in TCC the longest besides Emily. She's an OG. Of course. Um, (laughs) But I still remember the day she emailed us and said, can I, can I be on your team, please? Yes. Very nice. I remember getting that email because it was probably following an email we had just got from someone bitching about a spelling error. (laughs) And we're like, this is sent from the heavens. (laughs) Yeah, so Sarah's awesome. We love her. She's amazing. She plays a big role in this team, and she's been around the longest. So we're just kind of happy to have her here sharing stuff with you guys today. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here with you, and I'm so happy to be part of this team. It's been such a great adventure. And doesn't she have the sexiest accent for the record? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure I, about that. <laughs> once, once I heard her speak, which, by the way, was in an airport. That's the first time that was our first business meeting. She was on her way somewhere. I was, I was a smitten kitten. (laughs) She was in love. I was like, Oh my God, this voice, I could talk to Sarah at the time. (laughs) So as you guys know, Sarah edits our shit. We aren't the best spellers. We don't know how to use a comma. Grammar is not our forte. Not, not at all. Sarah is the queen of that. She makes yep. us sound a lot smarter than we actually are. She makes everything super polished and wonderful and groovy. But at first, it may seem like hiring an editor, especially for your blog content, which is what we use Sarah for the most, is that you think you're just getting spelling fixes and maybe a couple extra commas, but you feel like you get a lot more than that. So explain to us the purpose behind your role in someone's business and the crucial role that you play in helping them look kind of top-notch and professional. Okay, cool. Well, when you have a blog or a website, as I'm assuming most of you do, 
you, aside from your video content or the images you put up, you have literally, and you're probably sick of me saying this already, but you literally have 26 little letters and a few dots and dashes that will be represented in pixels on somebody's screen for them to be wowed by, be persuaded by, be convinced by, be awed by. So it's really important that those 26 letters are arranged in a way that will help you to do that and to reach the people that who are your tribe. So what we bring to a business is trying to polish those, keeping your voice intact. We also make sure that you are have a consistent posting schedule. We help you with accountability. We improve SEO by making sure that not only are things, you know, links working and things spelt correctly, but also that we've implemented various industry standard SEO steps for each post, including your older ones. And we make sure that all your posts and your work is consistent so that if you're formatting something one way, it's formatted the same way next week and your readers know what to expect. And consistency is queen. That's such, a good, that's such a good point, though, with the editing old posts. That's really the reason we hired Sarah initially was yeah. because our blog was this hot mess express of oh. who knows what was sitting out on the internet. And we decided to let Sarah go through literally every word, every comma, every everything and let her clean it up. And it took months to go through everything. But once we got caught up, it was like, oh, yes, like, it was so great. It was finally like, we were finally ahead. And we felt like what we were putting out into the world was a lot more ready to be seen than previously. Well, I think a lot of small business owners feel like they have to go back and delete a lot of that old content because it's a simple fact of you get better at writing the more that you do it. So you, we know that our stuff from 2015 sounds a lot less professional and polished than the stuff that's coming out today. So having someone like Sarah come in and and bring it up similarly to the same level that we're at now is super helpful at keeping all of those old posts consistent because we had a lot of old blog posts like written in 2015 that are our biggest traffic post ever. So we want to make sure that those are getting polished and fine-tuned so they look good still. Yeah, like if you think about it, if you're posting once or twice a week and you start implementing good SEO practice, that means that in the next month you'll have four to eight posts with good SEO practice. But if you've been blogging for four years, there are so many posts that need to be brought up to speed so that your SEO results for your site aren't only based off your eight new posts, but they're based off the 400 posts from yeah. before. And additionally, once those posts have been updated and uh, they've been optimized, you can use them for social media, you can use them to create a course, ebooks, in whatever way you want, but you need them looking polished and ready first. And you've already done the work. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I remember when you were going through those, you would always point out like, 
are you sure this is what you meant? Or, <laughs> um, this is this, confusing. This statistic seems old. Do you have new numbers for this? Or can we pull a new stat here? And that was super helpful because, A, I wasn't the one doing it. And you could just point out the little pieces I needed to be adding. But, oh my gosh, I just... Lifesaver. Yeah, it was super helpful. So... Why else would someone want to hire someone like you? Well, essentially, I think when you put any content out onto the webosphere, you are putting out information that other people are going to read of. So having an editor or having someone who fulfills the function of an editor is a stranger or a, a second person's eyes on your work first. So... If you write a post and something in it doesn't sound right or I'm not sure what you mean, it's easier to have me tell you that and we can fix it together. Or you can say, actually, Sarah, you're full of shit. Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's better to have that than to have 50,000 people, 100,000 people, 400,000 people reading your post the next day and not knowing what you meant by that particular sentence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, So it's an external eye. That makes it sound really freaky, but it's just another person's <laughs> eyes on your post Sarah from the get go. Our, our second, our third set of eyes for our business, so it's super helpful. <laughs> but she's um, the secret one. Yeah, the hidden, yeah. the hidden third eye for us. I see um, everything. She does. She comments on all the things. <laughs> she sees it before all of you guys see it. Uh, so walk us through really quickly before, because we're going to give people a taste into how you establish your business. And we're going to go into more of your nomadic lifestyle and living border free and all of that fun <laughs> stuff. But really quickly, if you have a couple of quick tips for people who maybe can't afford to hire an editor just yet, FYI, it's a lot more affordable than you think. So we're going to get into that, but definitely look at Sarah's work. But maybe they have some DIY hacks or some quick things that they can do really quickly in their own blog post or content that they're pushing out to make it better. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, because you need an external person reading it, it makes sense that if you don't have a blog editor to get a business partner who hasn't seen the content or your mom or your partner to read over a post that you've written so that they can quickly pick up anything that doesn't sound right or any errors. Another thing that I find super hard and I know a lot of people do as well is that it's much better and much easier to edit a post if you've written it a few days or a week ago because then you've had some space. Do you remember how everyone used to tell us to do that in high school and we never ever did it? (laughs) So if you've given yourself time and you've written a draft weeks ago, you'll be able to read it with more like the eyes of a fresh person. And then another thing that's pretty helpful is it's going to sound stupid, but read it aloud. All mm-hmm. the errors come out when you read it yeah. aloud. So we used to do that good. all the time. Mm-hmm. If you are not writing in Word, you're writing straight into your web browser in WordPress or in Squarespace, a really useful little Chrome extension to use that has a free version is Grammarly. Yes. Abby's a big fan. Grammarly is great, and I've really been satisfied with the free version, so I haven't ever paid them anything, and they've still given me great service. They pick up almost too much. They don't let me have the freedom I like in my voice, but at least you know that any mistakes you make will be highlighted, 
And they often do a really cool thing where they say, have you confused this word for that one? Mm -hmm. And often I have, so it's perfect. Yes, thanks. (laughs) I love that. As someone who needs grammar check all of the time, Uh just when I'm writing for, you know, blog world, I have found it very useful for all parts of my life. So yeah, definitely download this thing. It's very worth your five seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Abby used to have her husband read all of our blog posts before they went out and he would make notes on things that didn't make sense or things that needed corrected. So we've had the, the second set of eyes on it before we brought on you. I've also done the trick. If it's a short thing, I don't do this for an entire blog post because that would hurt my brain. But if it's like a tagline for something or I'm popping it up real quick, I'll read the sentence backwards. Yeah. And so any, especially spelling errors at that point will jump out to you if you're reading a sentence backwards because your brain likes to trick us and tell us that something is spelled correctly because that's what we're expecting to see. Even if it's not. And so if it's a tagline, if you're creating a sales page real quick, or even posting to Instagram, just do a quick read through it backwards and you might catch a couple things. Our brains are really clever. It's like those sentences where all the letters are mixed up, but you can still read it. So when you've written something yourself, especially, and you read over something like that, the errors are not going to jump out at you. Yep. Yep. Super helpful. So So let's get into your business and your life and the amazing, cool things that you get to do. Just from our side of the fence, we get to see you traveling. We get to see you living in fun new places. And you are somewhere different almost every time we talk to you. And so I think a lot of people have this dream or this idea of living like that, let alone running a business like that. So talk to us a little bit about your decision behind the why of that lifestyle. And then let's get into more of that freelance business building. Okay, great. So when it just turned out that both my husband and I had a sort of point in our careers where we had the opportunity to choose what was happening next. And we decided to travel for a few months. We had already lived overseas before in Canada. We come from South Africa, in case anyone was wondering what the weird accent is. <laughs> so we had moved to Canada, moved back home again, and tried to travel as much as we could while we were there, especially on the strong dollar, which for us was a very strong is a very strong currency, and also just the opportunity to be close or closer to so many great destinations. And we thought that we would get the traveling right out of our bloodstream, be done with it, come home, settle, start having kids, start having lots of animals, start, you know, just stay home forever. But we found that the travel bag doesn't actually leave. It just gets worse. (laughs) And after a year or two of living at home again, we were thinking about traveling some more, um, maybe for a longer period of time. So last year we packed up in April and actually that's when I first spoke to you guys on the phone was on our way. We had two suitcases each. We were heading to the States and we didn't know how long we'd be away for or where we would be living the next year. So I was crouched on the tarmac, desperate to make a good impression with the Wi-Fi that wasn't functioning and with my parents-in-law like waiting for me to say goodbye and that's when I spoke to you so good memories so we just set off and things some things that we planned all you know worked out fine some things did not but as we went we just adapted 
And my husband got a job opportunity in Auckland, New Zealand. So that's where we are for this year. And then we're not sure what's after that. We have some ideas, of course, and we have a lot of travel plans for this year. But it is nice after a few months, literally on the road or on the sea or on the trail train tracks. It is nice for a few months to have our own place and then to go to different places from here. So the nomadic lifestyle is kind of all about balance. Mm-hmm. So that. how have you been able to balance getting new clients, like the never knowing what time zone you're living in? Like, I literally never know. I'm, I know where you live. Like, I know <laughs> that. But I'm never quite sure where you are in the world it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego where in the world is Sarah like I literally don't know but I'm gonna guess maybe here (laughs) yeah Yeah, no that's true and it's definitely been like that the last few months in terms of having a business I'm not a parent so correct me if I'm wrong here Emily but I just think you you do the most important it's a bit like that in that you do the most important thing when you can So instead of focusing on the 80% of stuff that doesn't usually bring in results, you have to only focus on the 20% because that's all you got time for and energy for. Mm -hmm. You pick up your laptop at a time that makes sense to you wherever you are in the world. And some days you just don't. And Mm -hmm. I really struggle with that. I like to be accessible online. I like to be really reliable. And some days I've had to say, actually, can we postpone or this is going to come in tomorrow, not today. And just to be pretty flexible with myself. But you know what, wherever you are in the world, there's a sunrise and a sunset. And much like Beyonce, we have 24 hours, even with the time difference. So you kind of sort out a flexible routine for yourself. Again, I imagine that to be much like a parent has to do. And you do what you can where you are. I love it. Well, and what's so impressive as like being your client is that I know that I don't I don't dictate the hours when you work because you're my contractor and I'm your client, but I have never noticed you not getting your work done. Right. Like it's never been a problem. Like you've always been ahead or and you've definitely given us notice when you're like I'm in the middle of moving. So like, it's going to be three days. So we're a week ahead and everything is fine. Or we have someone else filling in to handle the transition because you actually brought on contractors, which I think is a unique position. So talk to us a little bit about that. How has adding people within your own business helped you scale and grow? Well, from the beginning, when I first had this business idea, I had a full-time job at the time. I was and am still studying a master's degree. I was involved in different projects. And for me, it's very different for different people. But for me, this was never meant to be a 40-hour week business. This was sort of based on the idea behind Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss is my real husband in real imaginary life and I read everything he puts out and I think he's amazing. And the idea behind this was for me to be very much involved in the business and in the beginning stages I was very much involved in the individual editing but also then for me to build up a bank of contractors who are amazing. I know them all really well. I've seen their writing. I've seen their editing. I get on with them well. I trust them more implicitly. 
And I've been very lucky in managing to build a team like that. So when we were traveling, I was doing almost all the editing myself. And during that phase, it just became too much. And I started uh, relying more and more on contractors to do the editing side for me so that I could handle strategic direction, client queries, anything that went wrong and all the rest. Mm -hmm. So I, I am a little bit of a fraud in the sense that I'm not like, say, a graphic designer who freelances and has their own business and has to work a certain amount of hours in the day or in the week to get their work done and to get paid. I have an amount of freedom in that I don't do all the work, which is great and how I planned it. Another thing is that my business has grown steadily but more slowly than I would have first liked. And in traveling full-time, I've had to just give them that grace and say, okay, we can grow authentically, we can grow slowly. As long as we're growing, as long as things are going well, we'll be fine. So tell me a little bit about, because I think a lot of people would be curious, I think your business model is super different than most people. So talk about your process of someone finds you online or someone, well, actually, I don't think that's how you generally get clients. So I'm, I'm going to pretend that just not even what happened. <laughs> how does someone become a client? Let's, let's walk through the typical process. Because I, I think our, the way you contacted us is pretty unique. And I think you should talk about it. Okay, so before I get into the actual process of how someone like you becomes a client, it may just be important to contextualize that with the fact that as far as I know, and please, any listeners, please feel free to correct me here, we are the only service that operates in the way that we do in that we edit a certain amount of posts or pieces of writing per month for a monthly retainer fee. So that simplifies a lot of how the business works. And then in the time, in the, in the way that we get clients on board, we started out because this was the only thing I knew how to do. I send good emails. So I sent emails, thousands and thousands and thousands of emails to clients. And some of them, like you guys, hired me and we started a relationship and you came on board. And part of that email process and whether someone finds us on Instagram, uh, via Facebook, just on our website, or is contacted by us on email, part of that process is the offering of a free trial. Because I didn't think that I could email someone and say, hey, please hire me to edit all your work and not show them or tell them how I could do that and what I would do. Well, I think especially for us, that strategy really helped us feel more comfortable with our decision in hiring someone like you, because I think going back to the beginning of our conversation, it doesn't right off the bat, it doesn't seem like this particular role is that necessary in a business. And it's like, I can, I can just get better at my writing or I can just use grammar or I can just use, you know, spell check or whatever. And it's fine. But since there's so many other aspects that you guys provide, it is super valuable seeing how the actual workflow was going to progress when we did that trial, I think really helped Abby and I see, holy crap, this is going to take a ton of time off of our plate. It's going to help us 
sound better, sound more professional, everything clear up. So offering that trial for us was super crucial in us being like, okay, yes, this is what we thought we needed. And it absolutely is going to work in the way that we thought. So I know you said you send thousands of emails, but like, so how many of those thousands respond? How many of those people say, oh, tell me more about this free trial or... So I don't have the exact numbers, but we waited out so that we were, I think, between a, a 0.5 and 3% conversion rate. So for every 100 emails you sent out, you'd get usually between and one, one and three of those would convert either to a very interested, serious inquiry or then to a free trial. In the beginning, for many months, we had a 100% conversion rate from free trial to clients. And that's changed a bit, not because of our service in any way, according to our clients, but just because there are challenges around the free trial process in that when you offer a free trial, some of the people are interested in carrying the service long term. And some of the people would like to make use of the free trial, which is absolutely fine, because that's what we're offering. So while we don't have a 100% conversion from free trial rates, we do have excellent testimonials and an ongoing relationship with our free trial clients who have either elected not to use us at this time, maybe they're changing blogs, they've had a change in financial circumstance. Those people and those relationships are still very valuable to us and we engage with them pretty often. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. It's an interesting business process because it's really, it sounds like blind. It's like cold calling. It's like old school cold calling, but you're like cold emailing. And yes, you have to do the work to find the emails, which some people would be like, oh, that sounds annoying. But literally Sarah's email was personal. Like Mm -hmm. it sounded like it was to us. It didn't feel robotic. It didn't feel threatening. I didn't feel like, cause we definitely get promo pitchy emails frequently. And that sound like judgy, like criticizing us for doing something bad that they can all of a sudden come in and save. And so the wording of how you, you did that was. I was better. like, normally I, I get emails and I'm like, trash, trash, yeah. trash, trash. But Sarah's email popped up and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. and then I was like, is this legit? And I was like, I, I guess we can find out. Yeah. And, but Sarah's legit, just so you know, you should hire her. And you know what? Um, All so- those emails were sent manually using Gmail. None of them were sent, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but you know, there are, I mean, I know Outlook has the capability to send batch emails. These emails were all sent manually. They all have the people's names, they're all targeted to reach specific brands. So for us, it was very important not to send a promo email out. But the way we started emailing is because I read blogs. And some of them, quite a lot of them need help. There are very few blogs that couldn't be improved with an editor's help. So the way we started is that I would just email the person from the blog or the blogger or their team and be like, hi, I'm Sarah and I'd love to help you with your blog and help you editing. And your email that you guys got just came from that place. We have though in the last month or two started transitioning to trying to build up organic traffic and get more traction with other forms of advertising. But the email method, I'll call, I'll name it that, the Sarah Lawrence email method (laughs) Has been, an, it, yeah, has been an <laughs> integral part and we'll definitely keep an aspect of that going forward. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think 
It's an interesting way to do it. And uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about, so you're doing this and it's also really inexpensive. And talk to me a little bit about that. And I was, it was so inexpensive that I was hesitant, but you reassured me that a lot of it had to do with conversion rates because you were international. And so talk about running a business internationally and why you're able to offer, you know, something of value to people and, and sort of this world of money doesn't make sense in all currencies. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, I come from South Africa where we have the South African rand, which compared to the US dollar or most other currencies is very weak. So you get more rands for your dollar. You get 15, about 15 rand to your dollar. That doesn't mean that one rand will buy you as much as one dollar, but there is a definite difference in the cost of living. So salaries in South Africa are generally, even good ones, they're generally less than salaries in the US. So part of our competitive business model is to use a majority of South African-based editors and to pay them well in rands, but because we are charging you in dollars, we can charge less. Now that has switched a little bit as my team has also become more nomadic and more international like I have, but we're finding that the rates that we're able to pass on to our team are still very competitive in terms of hourly rates because we have a very low cost business model. Mm -hmm. We have a website, we have me on email, and we don't need much else. What we need is mm -hmm. the time and the expertise from my team. Also, right. when you know what you're doing and when you, as you guys will know, because you are the queens of systemization and automation, when you have a certain set of steps and you know what you're doing in a blog post, that blog post is say a thousand words, you're editing it for spelling and grammar, you are filling in with the blogger's work process, whether that's on Trello or Asana or on Google Drive, you're fixing SEO things, you're adding alt text to images. If you do it en enough, it doesn't take too long. So mm -hmm. you can get through a fair amount of work that because bloggers don't do that all the time or take them much longer, we can systemize it, speed it up a bit, and then still manage to do a fair few blog posts in a working day. Absolutely. Well, and that's with anyone's task at, at their job of any part of their day. If you batch your task, which is very similar to what you guys are doing, and especially if it's all related towards blogging, your entire job is batching tasks. And so if you just keep that up and get good at those one things and systemize it, you're going to get faster at it. So it makes makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So take us back to the beginning of you're cold emailing all of these people, you're focusing on providing value, you're deciding to offer the free trial outside of like digging around and finding emails of just blogs that you're reading. What else did you focus on at the very beginning to really establish your business? Did you work on creating your portfolio? Were you active in Facebook groups? Did you have a website up yet? Tell us about those early stages. So in the beginning, I had a blog, a personal blog. It was a lifestyle blog. I added a page for editing along with some of the other things that I was doing. So it was a very basic website setup. I'm all about 
getting things done rather than getting things perfect too soon. And I'm a fan of the lean startup method that encourages people to get a minimum viable product out and get going. And I knew that what would really differentiate us was number one, the quality of our work. And number two, the way we dealt with clients. So our values and what we wanted from clients and the value that we could provide to client businesses. So really in the beginning, it was all about doing good work to get good testimonials and a good portfolio, offering free trials so that people would be able to sign up with us without any risk, and then really just acting in a professional way in terms of building relationships with people. So almost all of our clients are our friends. They're people that we chat to about things other than blog editing. And that doesn't have to be the case. We don't have to be best friends with all our clients. But it's just worked out that we built these relationships in a way that we share the same values with a lot of our clients and we have a lot in common with them. And now we have a really international client and friend base across the world. Well, that's so encouraging. I think I think that's really great because you'd think with emailing that many people that you'd end up having clients of all different types and all different personalities. But the fact that you've been able to continue to attract those people that are still technically your ideal client are it's really amazing. And I definitely consider you a friend. In fact, I'm Aww. pretty sure I, I cried on Skype with you like a week ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I live my nomadic lifestyle through you because I could never, ever, ever travel as much as you do. It gives me so much anxiety. And for me, I've received so much in friendship from you guys and so much generosity of spirit you were my second clients and you've been so so important to the development of the company and then also to just me and just like I enjoy hanging out with you guys and you know we wouldn't have gotten this experience if I hadn't sent you a cold email about blog editing yeah. so yeah. like all businesses I really truly believe that it doesn't matter what you do so much as how you do it and I really truly believe that you can add value touch people's lives make connections in whatever business you're in yeah no yeah. So much truth bombs right there, you guys. Oh. I think so many people focus on, you know, making everything perfect from the beginning, building up everything they can on their website, making everything on social stand out before they even try to A, get a product out there or B, just simply build relationships with other people. I think that especially with the route that you have gone building your clientele base, you are able to get so many fantastic testimonials and referrals from those people. And that's what's going to keep people coming in the door more than anything else. Yeah, I think it's a slow growing process, but it's a good process. So we get a good testimonial, we'll put it on our site. The person who wrote the testimonial might write about us or tell their friends about us. And you may not see any immediate return from that. But over time, through the good work for many clients, each person who provides you a good testimonial is you know, a positive PR advocate of your business. Absolutely. And that really does add up over time. And 
my approach to this in the sense of me starting with a very minimum viable product my approach hasn't been had been without its faults. I am not very social media active. I could have been more present on social uh, Facebook groups and things like that. But there are always bases that you're not going to cover. And right. over time, I've started to learn to give myself some grace for not blogging every day, not being as mm -hmm. active as I should on Facebook and Instagram, and trying to do one thing at a time super well. Yes. I love that. Well, you have focused. You've focused on growing your business and mm -hmm. you that meant getting new clients and not necessarily focusing on having this super polished social media presence, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people worry about. In fact, I was like, does she exist on Facebook? Like you have <laughs> you have like her. like you have a Facebook personal one, but I'm not sure you ever log in. And I <laughs> I don't know if you have a business page. But anyway, you're it's just funny because I think you focused on where you needed to focus, which was yeah. getting the work and then doing the work because you were so busy having fun and exploring the world. And I mean, having all these experiences that, I mean, in this same amount of time that you were, you know, gallivanting on. Gallivanting. Uh, some I love that word. Some <laughs> beach somewhere. I'm sure Emily was like, having 45 coffee dates or uh -huh. with herself uh -huh. um, at Starbucks. <laughs> not, it wasn't that adventurous. It was just drinking coffee. Just and drinking coffee. I'm not sure Selfies. what I was. I'm not sure what I was doing. Just <laughs> coffee, on the couch, is, coffee is the best. Maybe coffee watching flight. Shark Tank on the couch <laughs> by myself, petting my beagles. Anyway, no, seriously, <laughs> Sarah has way more fun than we do. Sometimes. It, well, the th sorry, just to go back to that email thing, I think like I'm a cold emailer by nature and I don't think anyone should ever be scared of emailing someone to reach out. So for instance, if someone cool comes and does a speech in my city or I read someone's blog or book and I really like it, whether they're famous, whether they're web famous or whether they're unknown, I reach out and I email them and I say, this is cool, can we meet for a coffee or I'd like to know more about you or, and I've met so many great people that, that way. So if I was going to contact you to say you're cool and would you like to use my service, I, my, my first thought and it would be different for other people is not really to do it over social media, but just to send you an email. And I think that that's the way that the email strategy started and it just grew into a giant from there. Well, and I think it's important to say with that is on social media, I think it's way more likely to get lost. Yes. Whereas an email, it's going to lay there unread until one of us has something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. You have to at least open it to delete it. And we've got one or two not so polite replies, but they've really been in the minority. Yeah. So yeah. tell me if you were... Let, let's let's talk about cold emailing. Cool. If I were to cold email someone I thought was cool and I wanted to pitch them my product or service, how do I go about doing this without sounding totally sleazy and totally creepy? How do I sound like I know them? Like, what do I even say? 
Okay, well, the first thing you got to do, and I think I learned this because I also do a lot of freelance travel writing. So I read a lot about emailing people, editors, and I practiced a lot and got a lot of ignored emails and a lot of no thank yous, a lot of replies that turned me down. So initially you get their name right because you won't believe how many people, and I know having names that are spelt differently to a lot of people's you guys probably get this a lot uh -huh. but if someone emails you and they want to sell you something and they can't be bothered or they don't know how to spell your name properly it's it's a no-go so those get deleted immediately we just yeah. got an email the other day both of our names were spelled wrong i don't care what you have to say our names are everywhere yeah exactly and if you're going to be receiving an email that is addressed to you. If your name is spelled incorrectly, it's not really addressed to you. So right. to cold email someone, get their name right and have done your research. So at least know a little bit about them. I cold emailed Anchor from Teachable. Yeah. And we actually met up and had an awesome evening of drinks and we've stayed friends. And when I asked him, like, why? He had replied. He said, well, well, you sent me a nice email. And by the time I sent in that email, I said, hey, how are you doing? I try to write as I speak. So yeah. use punctuation to indicate expression. Don't just write in a monotone. Pitch your registers. So don't write so formally that it sounds like, I don't know, Queen's Mandate or something. <laughs> but then don't write too colloquially or too informally. So you need to pitch your register. You need to be conversational because you are wanting to start a conversation. And you need to know something about where they are. So you need to give some sort of reason for why you're contacting them. If it's because of a common interest, say so. If you really liked a blog post that they wrote recently, say why. Not just like, hi, I'm a fan of your blog. Can I sell you this? Rather be like, this week I read the post, whatever, and it struck a quarter with me because I'm also traveling around the world or starting my own business. And this is what I thought. I'd really like to connect with you around this thing. So if you're just wanting to contact them because you'd like to connect and start a conversation, that's obviously a little bit different to if you'd like to sell them something. But the principles are the same. You need to connect to where they are. And I think that a lot of our clients, people whose blogs we read or we would read, so they even before we knew them. So we are their direct target market. We understand their voice. We understand where they're coming from. We like them as people. And when you email someone else to connect, you need to be able to connect with them on some level. No, it makes total sense. I think it's really brave that you emailed Anker. We emailed Anker. He was he was on the show. What episode? Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah, exactly. Actually, when I met up with him, I was like, yeah, you, you know my people, TCC. They're so <laughs> cool. I work with them. And I actually happen to know quite a few of the Teachable clients. I am in my real life involved in online education and online training. So when everybody started using Teachable, I knew that it was a company I needed to somehow connect with or be involved with. And I've been really proud of the work that they've done and the progress they made. And he's just such a huge part of that. He's awesome. Yeah, he's incredible. 
Well, I think it's that time to talk a little strategy to me, Sarah. All right. So if someone is looking to start a nomadic business and they want to travel and they want to be free, but they also want to be profitable, what sort of steps do they need to take initially to get, get started? Okay. So if you are nomadic and working online, you need some kind of web presence, whether that's a blog, a full website, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be professionally designed, but you need your name to be out there with some sort of portfolio. You also need to have some kind of routine that you can stick to so that some days look more or less the same, but you need to keep that flexible so that you can enjoy what you're doing and where you are. Another thing that I found out, and it sounds a bit silly, but being nomadic is for me a bit like a dance and I don't dance very well. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how this came out, but it's a bit slow, slow, quick, 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 slow. I don't know all the steps, (laughs) but there'll be some weeks where you are sleeping in a different place every night and you don't know where you'll be the next week. And there'll be some weeks where you don't even want to leave where you're staying because there's so much overwhelm that comes with traveling, even if you're not working. And then so much work that you need to fit in as well as traveling and moving around. And traveling doesn't just involve seeing cool sights. It involves waiting in lines, catching trains, wasting time by trying to queue up at a bank. You know, there's a lot of time-sucking things. So to be able to fit everything in, it works best if you have some slow times and some really quick times. Just Just like life. Makes so much sense. Makes so much sense (laughs) to me. Well, tell everyone where they can find you, how they can follow along, and potentially see if your services are a good fit for them. Okay, great. So the name of our company is Sarah Evelyn Edits with an S on the end. And you can find us at sarahevelynedits.com. We are on Facebook. We don't have a huge, a huge presence, but if you search, you should find us there. And we're mm-hmm. also on Instagram as Sarah underscore Evelyn underscore Lawrence. Otherwise, if you search Think Creative Collective, Sarah Lawrence, you'll find me and my guest posts on the site. Yay. Awesome. Well, seriously. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies. What a blast to chat to you as always. Oh, you're my my favorite. No, I can't. can't, (laughs) You can't have favorites. I I can't say that. That's a bad thing to say. We have like 75 favorites. Yeah, you can have more than one favorite, and I'd be more than happy to be one of your many many okay all right well thanks so much for coming on today babe thanks ladies and have a great day further looking to elevate your brand without the headache join the co-op our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless we're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.